0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Mike Miner is a major problem, but he can still be useful during his time in Cincinnati. Today, the Reds offense was dull and listless, but the future for the Reds is very, very bright. Jeff and I will look at the core for 2024. Amora, Reynolds, and Drury. No, that's not a law firm I'm talking about. They are the Reds' surprise finds of 2022. We'll talk about who might stick around after this season. We'll get into all that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your
0: daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked on Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We have been Reds fans for our entire lives and remain quite addicted to this Reds team as we're in our fourth season podcasting about them because we've turned that addiction into information for you. Thank you for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms and part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team. Every day. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about how the Reds lineup disappeared again and left no doubt that there'd be a loss. The future core of this Reds team, though, has a lot to be excited about. And there are three guys that are being talked about, like Steve said Almora, Reynolds, and Drury, that have a shot at sticking around with the team past this season. But, Steve, we got to start with a bit of an annoying night at the ballpark. The Reds get shut out and absolutely dominated by really not that much of a dominant pitcher for the Diamondbacks. But I got to ask you, uh, MVP for the Diamondbacks last night, Alec Thomas or Mike Miner?
1: Oh, I think Mike Miner, because clearly um, the Diamondbacks found the recipe for offensive success. And that's just to put Mike Miner on the mound that that solves (laughs) all of the woes when you can't hit a baseball.
0: I tell you what, he was he was having trouble with his command there in the fourth inning, and he really just fell apart. The first three innings, he looked solid, and then he threw over 30 pitches in that fourth inning, and it was over from there on out. I joke about Alec Thomas, although Alec Thomas had a pretty good game in his own right, robbing Joey Votto of two hits, including one home run that was a two-run homer. But honestly, outside of those two robbed hits, the Reds lineup was nowhere near putting together any sort of comeback. I mean, looking at uh, Baseball Savant, they had their expected batting average as a team at 215. So it's not as if they were really putting together the kind of juggernaut performance that we saw in the first two games.
1: No, and it's a little frustrating because when you see the the Reds offense soundly beat this Diamondbacks team multiple nights in a row to come out and not be able to break through at all is, is very, very frustrating. And it goes back to, to my theme of the season, Jeff, the lack of consistency. This team yeah. continues to just not be able to put a run of success together. It's it's just this pendulum swinging back and forth between absolute frustration and then just enough to get you excited it reminds me of the 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 2000s decade of being a cincinnati Bengals fan it's just (laughs) enough tease to 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 bring you back for some more
0: torture and it's a little it's a little frustrating right now it's a little bit of professionalism right here and a whole lot of here comes that loss right behind it that's just gonna jab you right there in the face yeah no when this reds lineup slows down the reds lose Period, plain and simple. I mean, Merrill Kelly came into this game in the bottom 20th percentile in whiff rate. We're not talking about Randy Johnson here. We're not talking about Clayton Kershaw. We're not talking about, I mean, he's a league average pitcher when you look at pretty much every stat that he has put together. And he got 15 swings and misses. I'm pretty sure 14 of those were very Aquino. But 15 swing and misses for a dude that came into this game not missing a lot of bats is just embarrassing to see for this lineup. And and I I just look at all of this and I say, all right, did they just take the night off? Maybe they thought this game was going to get rained out. I, I, I don't know. You know,
1: it's, you just briefly, you mentioned Arceus Aquino. His replacement cannot get here soon enough. Uh, How's that for a tease to our segment coming up here in just a minute? But uh, before we move into that, Jeff, I want to talk about Mike Miner for just a minute. Because yesterday, we talked about him just a little bit. And you and I both hypothesized that... Uh, he might be better suited for the bullpen. And especially once Nicoladolo comes back and there is a little bit of a surplus in arms, uh, how do you accommodate everybody? And I'm convinced now more than ever, watching him now in his second start, that he needs to move to the bullpen, focus on his best two pitches, pitch with maximum effort, and he can give the Reds two, possibly three solid innings of work whenever you need him to be a bridge guy to get to the good relievers in the back of the bullpen (laughs) at any rate, he can be a guy that can pitch in the middle and have some success, uh, throwing those two primary pitches with maximum effort. I'm pretty convinced of that now at this point, I think he could be very useful and, and, and serve a purpose the rest of the way. And again, it comes back to what we've been saying this season, Jeff, The Reds still, because of injury, because of poor front office roster construction, have not been able to put players in the best positions to succeed uh, with the talents that they have. And Mike Miner is another example of that. I think that he could be put in a better position to be successful by pitching out of the bullpen.
0: Yeah, I agree, and this is something that I look at and say Mike Miner was acquired because all of a sudden the uh, front, o- front office and ownership group saw the backlash of the fan base about cutting payroll, and so they're like, okay, let's add payroll back. Let's do it, but they waited so late that like Nick Kroll was just like, okay, where do we add payroll? Who's looking to dump money? Anybody? Somebody? Oh, the Royals? You? What, what do you want? <laughs> Garrett? All right, yeah. Who you got? Minor? When, Whatever. When, when, Mike
1: minor, when Mike Minor is your panic purchase, it yeah. really does say a lot about the state panic, of the yes. front office of this franchise.
0: Panic buy. That is exactly what it is. Look, it's it's just obvious to me. And, and this is going to sound super obvious to everybody, but bear with me here because if the Reds don't score any runs, they're not going to win any games. <laughs> Captain Obvious, but you're correct. You're
1: absolutely (laughs) correct, Jeff. Listen, nights like last night have us wanting to focus on anything but the present. Uh, When they play like this, it's hard to really just be energized and talk about the effort they put in tonight. So let's look to the future, Jeff. Let's look at who the core will be for this team in 2024. And if you're focusing on your core, do some crunches and also eat a built bar. I don't know about you, but when I'm trying to do a diet, when I'm trying to stay healthy, uh, I still uh, struggle to uh, remain true to that diet and eat healthy and do the things that I know I need to do. Uh, I love me some brownies and I love me some chocolate and uh, Built Bar's got you covered because they've got chewy, chocolatey brownies. Uh, what about caramel brownies or caramel swirl on top? Uh, so good. Uh, Built Bar has all of that and more. And what if I told you that those treats jam-packed with 17 grams of protein. That's right. Built.com has you covered. Head over there right now. You're in luck. They've got caramel brownie bars available at Built.com. They've got my personal favorite, Cherries Barcia. They've got the puffs. You've heard Jeff go on and on about the puffs. And let me tell you, it is not just him trying to be cited for an ad. If you've ever been to his house, there are puffs everywhere. That is the truth. Forget about dessert, because these are better than dessert. Uh, they are... Jam-packed with 100, only 130 calories, but 17 grams of protein. There are only 4 grams of sugar as well. You can use those in your diet. You can remain on track. You can get healthy. You can get ripped. And you can enjoy your food along the way. Uh, the best part, all of these bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's real Uh, You can get them at Built.com right now using the promo code LOCKED15. That's going to save you 15% off of your next order at Built.com. It's going to get your health on track. It's going to taste good while you're doing it. You're going to be ripped. You're going to get that summer body ready to go. You will be ready for your vacation this summer. Head to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Thank you for making Locked on Red your first listen. We have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so that we can learn more about listeners just like you and what your favorite parts of the Locked on Podcasts are. Your feedback can help us make those Locked on Podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't about the Locked on Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey and give us your feedback. We really do appreciate it. Thank you for your help. Make sure you're following the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Click those subscribe buttons Uh, coming up tomorrow. We're going to wrap up this series with the Diamondbacks and get you set for a road trip to St. Louis. All right, Jeff, let's talk about something a little bit more exciting than what we saw on the field today. Let's talk about the core. We continue to look towards 2024. There continues to be excitement brewing in the Reds minor league system. Everybody's looking at Dayton. Everybody's looking at Chattanooga. Everybody's peeking at what is coming through this pipeline with the magic arrival time of 2024 when the Reds could be number one in wins and dead last in payroll. It's going to be a beautiful thing.
0: Yes, I firmly believe, Steve, and we've said it before, the Reds are going to be good in 2024, and there's a huge reason why. This core is going to be pretty much made up of in-house players all around the diamond. Maybe they have a couple of filling holes and things like that of free agents and trades and things, but for the most part, we're talking about dudes that are coming up through the farm system and are ready to go because this core is going to be made up of guys who will play everyday positions and they'll also be important pitchers. So we're, we're talking about dudes who are going to be mainstays and not like, oh, okay, we're platooning these two guys. Like, that. That's, that's a discussion for another day. We got to start first, though. And this is a, a guy who doesn't currently play this position, but we've said this before. You've said this before, and I agree with you. Tyler Stevenson is going to be the first baseman. In fact, that is the best way forward and our first point to make. You know, it's
1: it's pretty clear to me that this is the move that the Reds need to make, uh, especially when you look down through the farm system. There is no really any other clear cut candidate to fill this spot. And by moving Tyler Stevenson to first base, it prolongs his career. It protects his health. And I really think between Stevenson and India, you're you're looking at. That leader we've been talking yeah. about who is going to be the leader of this team uh, when they need a good kick in the behind, when they need to pick me up, when they need someone to guide them. I think that Tyler Stevenson is probably that guy. And it's and this is a fun exercise, Jeff, because as we work our way through this right now, um, it is possible to create an opening day lineup for 2024 building exclusively from players that are in the red system right now. Highly rated that should be ready to go opening day 2024. It's very exciting. And I think Tyler Stevenson is your, your leader of that group.
0: Yeah, he's going to be either your number three or your number four hitter. You probably have him batting third. And he's going to be the big bopper in this line. You mentioned India. We've got him on here as part of the core of this team. Now, it's interesting to know there's a number of guys coming up through the red system who could replace Tyler Stevenson behind the plate. Probably the most likely bat-wise is Matt Nelson. Yeah, I know, bat, Matt, kind of rhymes. But bat-wise, he has all the power. I mean, led college baseball and home runs right before getting drafted. And then behind him, you've got my dude, Daniel Veoheen who I think could be a very solid catcher, too. And we're still talking in 2024. These guys could be up here, and I'm really excited to see how they progress because, I mean, behind the plate, the Reds have a lot of interesting dudes. I mean, we just had Chris O'Kee hit for the cycle the other day in AAA. Now, I don't necessarily think he's a huge prospect, but, dude, that's a pretty awesome feat for a catcher.
1: You know, I'm really big on Matt Nelson, and he is part of that juggernaut that is the Dayton Dragons lineup right now. And and we've talked, Jeff, uh, we talked about this a lot when we had Tucker Barnhart and Tyler Stevenson sharing a lot of time last season. Major League Baseball has evolved to a point where you're not going to have a guy run out there and play catcher for 150 games. You need two quality Major League catchers on a baseball team at any given time right now. In Major League Baseball, and for 2024, I think the best combination on paper right now, as we look ahead, is that Nelson Veluheen combina- combination. Because you may fall off a little bit offensively uh, with with Daniel as your number two catcher, but he's a solid backstop. So, looking at those two guys as a tandem, as a team, coming for this 2024 core. I think gives the Reds a solid battery uh, between the pitchers that we've got now in the system and these two catchers that have kind of come up with some of the pitchers we're going to be seeing. Uh, There's going to be a lot of familiarity. These guys are going to know how to manage this pitching staff already. And, And it's exciting. There's not going to be a lot of fall off there when you move Tyler Stevenson to first base.
0: Yeah. And the next three guys, uh, two of these are going to be infielders. And I kind of have a question mark next to their position because I'm not really sure. But in some way, shape, or form, they're going to be in this lineup. And that's Jose Barrero, Elie De La Cruz, and Matt McLean. Now, the reason that it's confusing is they're all currently shortstops. I mean, Jose Barrero, we could be seeing him in the outfield like you mentioned here very soon. If they don't want to move Kyle Farmer. So, is he going to be the shortstop of the future? Maybe. Is Ellie De La Cruz? Not really sure. Is Matt McClain? Possibly. I think more than likely, though, Ellie De La Cruz is probably going to be moving from shortstop. You know,
1: I agree with that, Jeff, you know, we were joking off air that, you know, Ellie De La Cruz is just too tall to be short. Uh, and there's, there's a little something to that. I yeah. think that, you know, when you look at this, when you look at this log jam at the middle infield positions, you know, I don't think they're going to ask Jonathan India to move. I think that he has done enough coming up being the rookie of the year. He's, he's, playing a great second base, I think you leave him alone. I don't think you ask him to move. I think Ellie De La Cruz's size and power warrants uh, a conversation about moving him to third base. Now, for the shortstop position, as much as everybody loves Kyle Farmer, we talked about this yesterday, uh, eventually there's going to come a time when David Bell is going to have to give in to playing Jose Barrero at shortstop and I think 2024 is probably that year. I think that Kyle Farmer has this year locked down for sure. Uh, I can see him being in the conversation for next season, but by the time we reach 2024, I think that we're going to be seeing Jose Barrero there, and that leaves our guy Matt McClain who's currently at A Chattanooga right now, uh, also a shortstop. but I think of uh, the candidates to move out of the infield, I think Matt McClain is probably uh, the guy you look at and think about maybe getting him some time at left field, maybe Uh, getting him some time floating around all of the outfield positions uh, and having uh, him be that super utility outfield guy that can kind of bounce around and get all of his at bats that way.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you, and especially on L.A. De La Cruz. I thought it was interesting on the radio broadcast today. They were talking about, or yesterday, they were talking about L.A. De La Cruz and how he has just been on fire in Dayton here lately at the plate and how as he is training and he is learning to speak English and things like this, one of the first things that he's really gotten good at speaking in English is don't move me from shortstop. (laughs) I guess he really wants to stay at short, so it'll be interesting to see how that develops. But I, I I think we're both in agreement. We see him moving to the hot corner. The other two outfield spots with McLean moving into left field are going to be interesting. I think right field is Reese Hines. Um, and I think you agree with me on that one. He is finding his footing in the batter's box down in Dayton. It's going to be something to see as he continues to move through the minor leagues, if he can get that pitch recognition down because the power is full real. And I'm really as as
1: much as we as much as we talk about Ellie, Jeff Reese Hines, I think still, you know, pound for pound has the most raw power of anybody in the Reds minor league system right now.
0: I agree. And that even includes Matt Nelson, too, who's got a lot of power as well. And center field's interesting because on the prospect list right now, if you were just going down the prospect list, you pick Jay Allen. I think there's something to Michael Ciani figuring out this hitting thing. And it's something that we've talked a little bit with Tom Nichols about. And of course, it's still early on in the season. And things could change a little bit because while he was in Dayton, Michael Ciani was a bit of a light hitting center fielder. But he's got all the other tools. He's got defense. He's got the arm. He's got the speed. He can run the bases he just had to pull it all together at the plate and it looks like he might be doing that. So I'm kind of buying in a little bit and I'm kind of buying into him being the red center fielder in 2024. Plus I keep hearing the word project with Jay Allen. So I am being a little bit conservative there. It could definitely still end up being Jay Allen, but I think Michael Ciani will be the guy.
1: You know, I think I agree with you in that center field is probably the most difficult one to project right now. I think we want it to be Jay Allen just because we want the Reds to continue to hit on their they're higher rated prospects but center field more than any other position in the reds lineup as we look towards this 2024 team is is ripe for somebody to come in and be a surprise you know if we if we had this conversation last year we wouldn't have been talking about ellie de la cruz nobody was talking about ellie de la cruz crashing this lineup by 2024 and yet here we are so another guy like that could come along there could be somebody that could swoop in and be a center fielder and take this spot away from everybody but right now if we're looking through the system you know i think it's an interesting conversation to have between Siani and Allen and uh, I think you might be right just from the standpoint that that right now Siani's further along Allen's still down in Daytona he's going to have a lot of work to do to be major league ready and to be in this lineup by 2024 Siani's closer he's finally figured out how to to put the bat on the ball a little bit and is in the best position to go out and take that job
0: Steve, we both agree that the Reds are going to be good in 2024. And I believe that much of the core is already in the major leagues right now because a lot of it has to do with pitching. We're going to talk about the core of the pitching. Plus, there are three fringe guys currently performing well above expectations who have a shot of being here when the Reds are good in 2024. There's a theme here going on. And we mentioned them Albert Almora, uh, Brandon Drury and Matt Reynolds will give you who has the best shot of those three coming up next. But first I want to make sure that you are following us on Twitter. We have our Twitter handles right here below our names. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's and you can follow the show At lockdown reds, that's not on the screen right now. But follow it at lockdown reds with no f's. All right, Steve. Talking about the core in 2024, we mentioned all the the. position players and I think too real quick before we jump into the pitching side of things I mentioned Michael Ciani and about you know concerns about hitting and things like that if these guys hit and not every single one of these guys are going to hit as we're talking about them right now some of these guys might not be here but If these guys hit, Michael Ciani's going to be at the bottom of the lineup. Like, it's just not – he's not going to be asked to be in the middle of the order because you're talking about Jonathan India batting first, probably Eli De La Cruz batting second. You'll have Stevenson third, Reese Hines fourth, and then probably – if Jose Hopefully. Barrero can figure it out, maybe he's batting fifth, maybe Matt McClain's batting fifth, maybe Matt Nelson's batting fifth. Like, th- There's a lot to be excited about in this future, and if you can get something out of Michael Ciani at the plate, you can have that glove in your center field and batting eighth or ninth, and you're not that worried about him.
1: No, it's true. It's just, you salivate just thinking about the <laughs> the potential in that lineup. And as exciting as that is, Jeff, as, as much energy as you can pull about thinking about what that might look like in an opening day lineup, when you then look at who would be on the mound during that, and when you look at what that rotation would look like in 2024, uh, you go from salivating a little bit to, to being ready to, to purchase your world series tickets <laughs> right now, because there is on, I mean, on paper, again, Again, on paper, lots to happen between now and then. But there is some amazing talent coming through the system uh, in, on the pitching side.
0: You're probably thinking, Steve, Jeff, it's 2024. Like, why are you so excited about it? There is a lot to be excited about. We talked about the lineup. The lineup's interesting. The pitching will be the strength of the team. And we're talking about a starting rotation that th- four and five might be a little bit of question marks, but your one through three guys are going to challenge every single other starting rotation in the rest of the major leagues because your top three guys are right here, right now. Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft. I, I, th- it's the safest bet in the entire world that that's going to be your first three pitchers. And you're talking about three dudes who might actually be garnering Cy Young votes. I mean, Hunter Green, definitely. Nick Lodolo, possibly. Graham Ashcraft, maybe. But those three guys are going to be so good every fifth day, the Reds are going to have real good shots at putting together bunches of wins. Not just, you know, okay, they might win 82 games. We might be talking about some really nice-looking win streaks, too.
1: Think about this for a second, Jeff.
0: Let's just say, and I know it's far-fetched, but
1: let's just say the Reds keep Luis Castillo. Just him. Only him. Let's, Tyler Malley will say he's gone. Luis Castillo, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft. One, two, three, four. And you're talking about a fifth, a fifth starter hole that could be filled by a guy named Petty. Yep. could be filled by a guy named Connor Phillips. Yep. could be filled by a guy named Dunn. Yep. could be filled by many other guys. There's tons of pitchers that could fill that fifth role. And now you're talking about putting electric arms in the bullpen. Cause you got nowhere else to use them. It's, it is really just a promising, you know, thought process to think about how this could shake out.
0: Brandon Williamson as well. He's pitched pretty decently in the minors. I know here, uh, his last couple of starts have been a little bit perplexing, but you mentioned Justin Dunn. He's actually starting to throw off of a mound, a rehab stint is kind of close it's not as close as we would like and we'll probably still end up seeing him probably i don't know july ish something like that the all-star break maybe but he is a guy that you can't sleep on because all we know about him right now is that the reds traded for a hurt pitcher but we're talking about a dude with a lot of upside a dude who was a high rated prospect for the seattle mariners so there's lots to be excited about and connor phillips and Bre- or Chase Petty have done nothing but pitch well in the minors. I mean, Connor Phillips' strikeout rate is phenomenally amazing in Dayton. I think he's going to get bumped up here pretty soon. His command and the walk rate you'd like to see come down a little bit, but he can really miss some bats. Then you also look into the bullpen. And this is something that there's a name that I'm going to say that I think a lot of people are seeing some great stats from and wondering if he can stick in the rotation. And I've seen some talks about this, but I still kind of figure that he's going to be a bullpen guy. And that's Joe Boyle. Just because I think that he is the perfect candidate, like we talked about with some guys, tell him to take his his top two pitches and go max effort for an inning to four or five outs, and maybe he can be the most effective in that environment, and he's going to join Alexis Diaz and Tony Santion. And then, I mean, there's probably some holes that you have to fill in the bullpen there because that's just always something the Reds seem to have to do. But I think that those three guys can really anchor this pen.
1: And here's, a, here's an idea. Here's something shocking. Because all of these players are going to be rookies or in their second year, payroll is going to be at a bare minimum. Yeah. They might actually go out and sign some bullpen arms. <laughs> it might be one of those rare times where they can throw a little bit of money at the actual need of the team. It's, it's, it's a wild concept, I know. I know everybody needs to, a second to process that. But
0: it could actually happen. Will they challenge the record of highest relief pitcher contract of Francisco Cordero?
1: Um, I could actually see that falling that (laughs) I know you're saying that tongue in cheek, but yes, they could, they could actually go out and get an elite level back end of the bullpen guy to go along with all these other arms. It's, 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 I'm telling you,
0: I'm just drooling. Jeff, I 2024 can't get here fast enough. 2024 cannot get here fast enough. And you know, there's three guys and, and I'm hearing these names a lot and we want to finish up today's podcast talking about them, especially Albert Almora. We've heard his name quite a bit here recently. I mean, a lot of it has to do with that grand slam he hit the other day. I don't know if you heard about that one, but uh, of course the Reds still lost that game, but whatever. Albert Almora has looked pretty decent as an all-around player filling in for a lot of different injuries and you know some people slapping other people things like that uh, he's it's interesting to note though he's got no ps plus of 101 like you know <laughs> we're not exactly setting the world on fire here steve
1: no, you know what he has going for him right now is he's playing for a team that's been filled with a lot of disappointment. And he's gone out and he he's done a lot of things right. He plays with a lot of hustle. Uh, defensively, he gets a great read on the ball yeah. coming off the bat. He has a great first step. We heard Larkin talking about this on the broadcast the other night. Uh, he gets a tremendous jump. Uh, He's made some tremendous defensive plays that that sliding scoop and throwing out a runner at second base a couple nights back uh, was a phenomenal play. It was just great defense. So, you know, as he continues to do things like that, I think that he remains at the forefront um, among players that's filled with a lot of uh, outfielders that uh, how should we say this? Well, they're not good.
0: Yeah, he is the best fourth outfielder in a roster of fourth outfielders in. Sometimes lower than that, if you're talking about Aristides Aquino. Another guy who's got a really good shot at sticking around, and really this dude has been just a revelation on the hitting side of things, and that's Brandon Drury. Dude leads the team in homers. He is one of the best, uh, been one of the best power guys all year long with a 514 slugging. Now, he is a free agent. After this season, I think that that's going to be something because I've even heard some of our uh, fellow Locked On podcast hosts kind of looking at the Reds as possible trade uh, partners for their team to help them out as they make a a pennant run. And Brandon Drury has been names that I've heard, like on the lockdown Rays and a couple other shows that they're like, maybe the Reds would trade Brandon Drury for not very much. So there's a possibility he doesn't even finish the season on the team because he could be a trade chip. But his performance has at least warranted a conversation of sticking around. Well,
1: listen, he has an OPS plus right now of 121. And you mentioned he's a team leader in home runs with 11 home runs. Uh, I want to, I want to bring a uh, uh, jog your memory with a name, Jeff. That name is Dan Straley. You bring in a guy that you didn't expect to get a whole lot from. You expected to help you a little bit mm-hmm. that comes out and all of a sudden is a world beater. You flip that guy. You know what you do? You flip him and get maximum return. The Reds did that. Do you remember who Dan Straley turned into?
0: Um, Luis Castillo, I think.
1: Luis Castillo. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go out and get a Luis Castillo type player for Brandon Drury. But if you have an opportunity to better this team in 2023, 2024, like we've been talking about by trading Brandon Drury, who's hot right now, who has not really shown you uh, in a large sample size that this is who he is, but that's hot right now, you flip him, you get a return on him and you fill that hole with somebody else that's like named Aleo Lopez. So let's do that and let's get a return for Brandon Drury. I think that he's a prime trade chip. You move him for whatever you can get for him because you, you got him for so little.
0: And there's one other guy because he's gotten a lot of pub and he's, he's done admirably filling in, in some spots, but admirably I think is where we need to leave this because if we go much further than that, I think we're going to be telling a lie because Matt Reynolds has been an admirable player. Matt Reynolds has put in together some nice things. Some, you know, he's hitting a couple homers. Um, he's done some nice stuff. He's got an OPS plus of 101. Again, in the same kind of conversation here with Albert Almora, that the Reds have been that bad that average just looks real tantalizing right now. I don't necessarily look at Matt Reynolds as a guy who can stick around here, but he's a guy that we've heard his name a lot for whatever reason.
1: So again, I think this is you know he was a surprise, a pleasant surprise. They went out, they plucked him off a of waivers from the Mets. Uh, they've used him when we were in a a, a big need for an infielder, uh, as we've discussed. There's a logjam of infielders coming. There's a logjam of infielders getting ready to come off the injured list. And I think that you know Matt Reynolds is probably expendable. He's probably not a trade chip. Maybe you could package him up. Uh, with something else and and flip it into a prospect uh, to see what happens. But uh, long-term, I think that he is serving exactly the role the Reds needed him to serve. A stopgap guy in a time of injury to get you moving forward. And they're about at the point where it's time to move forward. So as long as he's performing at, you know, league average level, he's a nice chip to have around. He's a nice bench guy. He's a nice spot starter. Uh, But long-term planning with him, mm, he's not going to be here next year.
0: No, and I agree, and he's uh, pre-arbitration just because he only has barely over a year of service time, so the Reds could keep him on the cheap, but I'm with you. I think that he is a cut candidate uh, or DFA-type uh, dude and probably gets picked up on waivers by somebody else because he's, he's played himself into that sort of a role. Overall, I think of the three, the best shot is Albert Almora, but I think it's also key to note when we're talking about these guys, yes. What they've done is nice. What they've done is hold the Reds together as far as putting nine guys on the field. But we are getting excited over league average performances because, well, the Reds have been just so far below that in most cases.
1: Well, you're not wrong. And on that exciting note, Jeffrey, and congratulations on not touching your glasses today. There's a lot of drinkers that are very disappointed that they did not get to take have done their it shots a couple today. Times,
0: but not near as bad as normal. Not near as bad as. Normal.
1: <laughs> oh, listen, let's wrap it up right there, Jeff. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Reds. Coming up on the next podcast, we are going to recap the final game of this series with the Diamondbacks and get you ready for the start of a road trip to the land of evil that is Cardinals Country. That's right, the Reds are heading to St. Louis. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Now make the Locked on MLB podcast your second listen. Sully brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. Locked on MLB, just like Locked on Reds, is free and available on all platforms. Jeff, I'm going to keep being excited about 2024. I'm going to keep finding the bright spots in 2022. And what can fans count on from us along the way?
0: They can count on us to be locked on Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members.